everyone. It's Mackenzie. I'm talking to you around 4.30 on May 5th from the local branch store. Another week here in the quiet, empty town, but the sun's shining and I've been here packing orders and this has sort of become kind of a lovely little office space for me to get to, you know, pack up orders and have a little space to be creative and to get work done and answer emails in a way that in normal life, sort of what's happening right now of this new work-life balance of working from home and and taking care of kids and, and all that is a little closer to my normal reality. So actually now having the store vacant as sad as it is, it's given me an opportunity to kind of explore different things like doing a podcast, having a quiet space to think and reflect and to record something like this um, and just focus a lot more on this business. I think for the last couple of years, while our hearts are are very much here, we're also growing a second business, um, the Kester Homestead, out of our um, our, we have a Victorian house with about 10 acres and a big barn. And so since moving back to upstate New York, um, just about three years ago, we've been putting a lot of our energy there. And now that's getting to a place, um, where we're not having to put as much of that initial energy into growing it. Um, we're still doing a bunch of renovations, but, um, I know in the next few years that will really start sailing itself. And so I'm able to, you know, dedicate some more time and energy back here at the local branch. And, um, you know, that got me thinking just about kind of where I wanted this podcast to go. And, um, I think especially during this time, um, just starting right at the beginning. Um, I think that's really where so much of the magic is and so much of the struggle, so much of the learning. And I think that, um, you know, I I listen to how I built this uh, on NPR all the time. Um, And I always find it fascinating fascinating to hear people's stories, um, you know, businesses that are now huge, but where their usually humble beginnings were. And I think that those really early stories and, you know, some, some founders I connect more with than others. Um, but I always just thought that's, you know, that's really where anyone that's starting their own business or maybe just graduating from college and kind of entering into this really uncertain time, um, is going to get like the most out of this. Um, So I just wanted to kind of go through um, our journey from my perspective. And I think this episode, I'm just going to focus on the beginning. Um, And, you know, specifically, I guess, how to really start, Um, whatever that is for you. Maybe it's not a leather goods brand or a homestead for weddings. Um, but it's, I think the process is similar no matter what. Um, I know for myself, I was always just a creative person. That's something that I think was always like recognized. Um, so I pursued it. 
Um, you know, but for me, it, it was always a little bit challenging, you know, growing up um, and then deciding to go. I, I studied studio art at a concentration though in graphic design and then also a double major in communication where I focused in radio TV film so they're connected but also very broad and I liked everything about it all um, which made it really challenging after graduating um, to kind of boil it down and and know like what is that thing that I'm applying for I didn't have a thing. It was a lot of things. And I had a lot of, you know, there's a lot of unknowns too. I didn't even know like what jobs there even were to even know what to look for. Um, And as I was reflecting on this, you know, you kind of go back deep and I would think about, okay, well, you know, as a kid, I always loved rearranging my room. My sister and I would draw floor plans and show our mom and, um, you know, plan what color we wanted to paint our room or what new comforter we could get and just trying to always like do little refreshes and use our imaginations. Um, And as we got a little older, we were in high school, we did like we surprised my mom. We got my dad and one of my brothers involved and we did like a makeover to my mom's office building, like her office and her building and a weekend we were there. And, um, and I really liked that. So I kind of knew like, okay, there's this sort of interior design side of me that's always been there. But I also have sort of this history in my family of fashion. My mom always made her own clothes growing up. She was a really amazing sewer and still is she made my wedding dress she made her own wedding dress she's always sewing costumes for us my sister is on that was on that same kind of fashion track and she was either going to school for fashion or architecture so we all just kind of had this creative blood in us my dad too and um and then I was just figuring out how I'm gonna apply it On the flip side I also grew up in a family of entrepreneurs both my parents own their own business my grandparents on both sides own their own business so that was my example too it was kind of something for myself but it wasn't totally apparent to me I think when I was you know at that graduation 2009 it's like the recession I wasn't really thinking like oh I'm just gonna start my own business I was really looking for like what jobs are are there and um and so I was pondering all these things that I like And I really thought that I was going to, you know, maybe do something a little bit more with like radio, TV, film. I really liked the whole process of just curating anything was picking out the fashion, picking out the where the interiors were going to look like and where the the set was going to be located and what music would go with it. And, you know, kind of just having a little bit of control over the lighting and the camera angles, but not necessarily being the person doing any of those things specifically, just sort of like orchestrating it all. And I could kind of see that in applying that to a lot of different fields, actually. It was like, I just sort of want to be a curator. Like even, you know, in my drawing and painting classes, it was always really hard for me to just paint what was in front of me because I needed to know the full story. Like, where is this going? Like, what scale does it need to be? And I guess like, 
after Blaine and I were just recently talking about this, we both kind of decided, I guess, more than artists, we're both more designers um, because we really like problem solving too. So I guess when you're starting something, there usually isn't just one thing. It's sort of a culmination of all those things. Like, what do you like? What are you good at? And then you think about like, where is that going to take you? You know, do you have to live in like a big city and do you want to live there? Do you want to live there forever? Do you think you could do this remotely? Do you want to live more rurally? Um, I know for a short stint, I thought I would maybe go into photojournalism when I was in school until I took a class in it. And I realized like, oh, actually, I don't want this because I could be like stationed somewhere that I really don't want to be. I was only picturing the like romantic side and not the reality of it. Um, So I think you have to kind of think about all those things and sort of boil down like what you want and really I think more importantly what you don't want. Sometimes for me that kind of narrows things down. Um, I know when we were kind of starting the local branch, um, like just sort of manifesting and, and vision planning was so important I always kept a journal and I would write down like any idea that came to my mind so like I'd have all these random inventions in there um toppled with like new design ideas for a business that we didn't even have but I would write down like ideas for businesses that we could start and places that we could travel to and I would like design my house and name my future children and all different things in this like journal which I still have and I reflect back on because it's a really big journal so I think that's important too is that there's plenty of room to like write and draw and you know sometimes I would date things so that I could remember when I went back like oh wow like I'm actually still into this and it's been four years or five years or you know, um, so it kind of gives you like something to reference when you actually have met that you might not always recognize that you're meeting your goals unless they're written down. Um, so I guess for me, starting the local branch and the Kester homestead just took a lot of like thinking about what I want and I don't want, because like I said, my education and my interests was focused in a way that it was around creativity, but it was broad enough that it wasn't like I was going to apply to be an architect or a lawyer. It was like, you know, there's a hundred jobs and I don't even really know what they are. And then it was also the recession. So, um, you know, jobs just like weren't really available. Um, And I think that's probably how things will feel during and after this pandemic for all the students, you know, coming out of school now. Um, So there's a lot of planning that you can do um, sort of in the beginning, because I know for me, it, it actually took like a good year to really even think about my first idea was the Kester Homestead, which we called the wedding barn in the beginning. Um, and the local branch was really something I, I never imagined that we could take full time and be like our real business for whatever reason that was just so far out of my scope. And sometimes it just takes p- other people to see things in you and then you can sort of trust yourself and, and start to see it in yourself. Um, so, you know, after school, like I mentioned last time, Blaine and I moved out to California 
we lived in Northern California um, at first outside of San Francisco. Blaine got a position through AmeriCorps to do environmental restoration um, in the watersheds up there. So that brought us out to Forest Knolls where we rented a room from a family um, who had a bunch of kids and they also rented another room to another guy, Eli, who turned out to be one of our really good friends out there. Um, he was interviewing or interning at the Point Reyes newspaper. Um, so we had this little set of time where we were just kind of had no money and I didn't really have a lot of, I didn't have a focus and I just really wanted to live out West though and kind of have that time in my life. And um, so it was a really good opportunity. And during that first year, after after living in Forest Knolls for a few months, um, and you know, kind of like we lived on an air mattress in this family's house, but it was an affordable way for us to meet this first dream of wanting to live out west. Um, then we moved to our own little apartment in Fairfax, and it's one of my fondest memories of living out there because spot was just very inspirational, and it's where we kind of birthed both the Kester Homestead and the local branch. Um, So, you know, we were living this, um, just like in our early 20s, just like living and having fun, but also sort of very aware of our future and, and, you know, where we wanted to go and what we wanted to do and it wasn't very clear um but we sort of had these really general ideas and for for myself I know that there was this one day where I just sort of had this crazy anxiety one day and kind of like broke down about just really not having any clue and that was kind of the first time in my life where I didn't have like my next step um and it was really hard um but I sat down and I wrote out like a bunch of different things that I could potentially do and kind of the pros and cons of them all sort of like I mentioned before like what would my lifestyle be like maybe like what would I be able to earn from that where would I live what would my routine be um do I would I have to be in an office would I be able to travel like all these different things that were important to me and that really helped me narrow down what I could pursue so I sort of weeded out the things that I thought I might like but then after I really gave them some thought I could quickly kind of eliminate them and I kept coming back to you know the fashion and I kept coming back to interior design and sort of this kind of I didn't know exactly how but I still really liked the whole radio tv film element and how could I kind of like weave these things together in a way that makes sense because I know there has to be a job out there um so my first thought was okay if I wanted to pursue interiors um then I probably have to go back to school for that a and b would I really like working with clients and how would I feel working with people that have you know totally different visions because although that's really good and really challenging it's also sometimes, I don't know, for me a little bit, I get a little stumped. I like to, 
I like to sort of see things from the beginning and I know that in a lot of jobs you have to have a lot of compromise and you have like a client and then the vision sort of changes and gets diluted and then it's not as strong anymore and it doesn't really make sense and it's just sort of I don't know not super inspiring for me unless you know you can really curate your your clientele that you're in the same page and you can kind of evolve on your on your own trajectory um so I was like maybe this isn't for me but I'm gonna try it so I knew I needed to have some experience and I didn't really know how to get that but sort of impulsively like I sometimes do it's just like the only way to start is just start you know I'll say that again because it's I think it's so true and I think that's what stumps people is that a lot of times people get like so caught up on planning and making everything perfect that they don't ever really start anything um so the only way to start is to start and I would say these like mantras over in my head I would have this like cheesy one that I think I pulled from like a soccer t-shirt or something um you can't shoot without a goal that was when I would always say when I was really trying to figure out like what is my goal what is it you know and it wasn't clear and I'm like I can't really be putting my energy towards something that I don't know what it is yet so I would say that and then I would also have this other one that I used to always say more when we were really going and it was a little scarier but fortune favors the brave so I don't know, I guess like having little like mantras like that, like really helped me. They still do. Um, And, you know, different ones are relevant for different times. Um, So I just started without really knowing a lot and just kind of like threw myself in the ring. I posted an ad on Craigslist and I said I would do like these free consultations for anyone that wants to have um, some interior design advice. And, you know, I do like a little mini plan for them. And, you know, I had all the Adobe skills. So I'd like Photoshop a little like pretend room or whatever afterwards. And and I did that for a couple people. And it gave me like a little bit of experience to just see what it's like to work with a client. And, you know, like going to someone's house and seeing like where I felt comfortable and where I didn't and where I didn't feel comfortable I could expand on like why don't I feel comfortable and kind of explore a little bit more about myself and you know what what was really like lighting me up and um I did this I did this for a couple people and it feels kind of embarrassing that I did that but um I did it for this one girl, um, Lene, and she was so lovely and just trusted me and gave me like a budget. And I just bought things that I thought she would like. She sort of gave me her like samples of things that she that she likes and what she wanted her family room to look like. And so I was just like, if you can just trust me to like do this, that's how I work best. Is sort of like let me interview you and get to know you and give me some reference and then let me do my thing because if I have to keep checking in all the time I start to like question myself and so I just felt confident that I could bring her and her husband something that they would both really like um so I think they did um it was really cool she let me go and I 
just had them like leave one day and it was just like on the tv show where like but it was a mini flip with just me myself and I doing all the work um but it was cool and she recommended me to other people after that so I did a few more rooms for people and it was great because although I wasn't really getting paid for my time I was building this like portfolio um and like having this arsenal of experience now and sort of understanding what I liked and um and sort of pushing forward with that and that sort of led me onto the track of anthropology because I realized like okay well maybe if like I don't if I'm not gonna always get my dream client so maybe that's unrealistic but you know I saw visual merchandising and I was like that's a thing I didn't know about and that would be really cool and being a display coordinator for the first time going to an anthropology when I was in San Francisco like in my early 20s I didn't have that and I was just you know kind of asking around like who does all this stuff and learning that there's an art room in the basement and like there's like all this cool stuff and there's a person that that's their full-time job and I thought well that's cool because it's sort of like setting up and rearranging a space and then it like is so fleeting it lives like that for a few weeks and then it changes and there's this new product that comes in and new ideas and you know there was actually a lot of opportunity for the store to be creative under this like overarching vision that all the stores have but like it's not just you know being mass produced there's actually people making all those things so I really liked that um and you know I I was mentioning last time how I would wake up early to do these visual shifts um because that was I thought at that time like okay then maybe this is my thing like I really like it I really like didn't mind waking up super early and I actually loved I would restock the home goods section and that was like my favorite ever because I got to work very closely with the home merchandiser and just being in the restock room it was like mecca for me it was like all this beautiful stuff and I get to just set it up pretty and I don't know I really liked that I liked it just felt kind of in a weird way like very like visually fulfilling to like put things in straight lines and make sure all the colors go well together and you know, kind of be challenging myself and then knowing that it's not permanent, it's going to get like shopped and messed up and then we're going to like change it next week. And I don't know, I just kind of liked all of that. Um, so there was this one moment though, where I was after being there for a little while and, you know, there was this crossroads where I wasn't quite sure how long it would take for me to advance there and I was cleaning the sale room. I think the like cleaning service had called out. So we were all like vacuuming the store. And I was like, this is not my story. You know, like this is not what I want to be doing right now. And there was this beautiful dress. And I thought, you know, I think it was $60, which was like a lot for me. Um, at that time when I wasn't making very much an hour. And so that felt like a lot, but I remember calling my mom from the break room being like, there's this gorgeous dress. And she was like, well, if you love it, you should buy it. And I was like, okay. And that became sort of this, I don't know what it was, but it was like this moment where I was like, I'm gonna buy this dress and I'm gonna wear it to a grand opening 
of this wedding barn that we had been like stewing on and like sort of it's always had been kind of turned into my like guiding light of like maybe this is the thing I want to do and so I bought the dress and I never wore it and I just like kept it and it traveled around with us because I was like someday I'm gonna open up this wedding barn and this is the dress that I'm gonna wear when I do like a little ribbon cutting or something so I did and when we when we had our first wedding at the Kester homestead I wore it and it was such like a really kind of powerful moment for me because it took a long time to get there but it was you know something that we had been working really hard toward um and it was really cool to kind of see it come full circle but you know with the local branch kind of similar um we had these little like kind of beacons I guess like little things that we would write down that once we accomplished them we would you know be so excited but then also you're like okay now like I conquered that thing what's next and I think that's really the interesting thing about anything that you do is like just sort of once you climb up one mountain there's another mountain you know and you can kind of like linger in a space for as long as you want and I think after I take I just took this SBA class and we were you know analyzing what phase of success our business we're in and I was like well the local branch I feel like I'm in success but then I was kind of embarrassed to say it was like success disengagement it was like things are running smoothly I don't have to like do a ton day to day to make sure it's like operating like I have an amazing team and like they got it and I can kind of put my energy into you know my family like we have Hawk and um into this other business the Kester Homestead which like you know last year when I was taking this class I'm like there's so much of my energy that needs to go there there's so much time all this permitting and different things that we were going through just to get our space rezoned and then all the construction and build out it's like a full-time job and it was really like my fifth job but um anyways I digress um just that there's there are always phases so in the beginning just because you're starting um and just because you are where you are doesn't mean that's where you're always going to be you're kind of in control at least in a lot of businesses of um of so much and I think we're all learning that right now with the pandemic is like maybe in your job you never thought you'd get to be able to work from home or you have like flexibility to you know tap in and like whatever it is with your kids or with your spouse or with your own time that you can maybe do a yoga class and your lunch break whatever it might be for you um I think that's the cool thing about when something comes and shakes everything up that you can sort of refocus um and sort of do that check-in with yourself about like what's important is this where I want to be um and we're kind of like we're not always in that true starting phase but we can always be in that we can always be touching in and and kind of seeing like I know for us with the local branch you know it went from just having this sort of off the cuff remark a friend of ours told us about Etsy 
we started that and you know just kind of like organically we're growing it doing craft shows here and there and it was really just a side hustle like a hobby that could pay for itself really we didn't like earn any money off of it in the beginning it was just like we could just keep buying more products and keep trying more things and it wasn't until my cousin Lindsay actually we were um doing a show um a renegade craft show in Los Angeles when she like just said that we could do it full-time she I think she asked me are you guys gonna like make this your full-time thing and I'm like what no like this could never be our full-time thing it's just like a little side hustle just like kind of fun and a little project and she was like why not you guys totally could and I just remember that as being really pivotal like we could like it didn't even cross my mind and then when we really decided like a few years later like wow like maybe she's right maybe we can do this full time you know and like people like it and we're getting a good response and sort of building our confidence and building our voice and our vision and kind of like like shaping it like understanding like what is the brand and sometimes you do have to do like a little bit of that weeding out like you kind of throw everything in the pot and then you're like okay some of this stuff's working and some of it's not and then you start you know shaping and and forming who you are and what you are and I think really pivotal for us was like deciding to take our business on the road out of an airstream and that was a cool sort of new idea um and being I don't know just kind of being brave I guess and doing that (laughs) some people would ask like oh are you guys sure is this something you want to do and some people are scared for you and maybe they think you're a little crazy or that it's sort of I don't know maybe just different um and it was but you know it was a good move for us we knew that it was I felt confident I always felt confident that it was a good move because it didn't just fulfill like a business need for us it was personal like we were like you know we we want our next step to be that we're going to get married and we want to eventually have kids and we want to have a house and we want to do this Kester homestead which will mean that we're kind of more or less stationed in the same spot so while we're not there let's travel um and so the airstream became like a great way for us to work and travel and you know, after we stopped traveling, um, and we were deciding, you know, okay, we're going to set up in this loft in Kingston and the Hudson Valley. And, and then what, you know, we're house hunting, like all throughout the Hudson Valley, because we swore we would never move back to Syracuse until we found our dream house, which was perfect for the Kester homestead. And we actually realized, why wouldn't we move back home? This is where like all of our people are. And, you know, that could actually be perfect. Um, but then we had this uh, this like new phase of starting um, because now we aren't like this traveling brand anymore and we couldn't sort of like hang our hat on like the things that we had been doing. We needed to sort of reinvent again because now we're in a store and there's a lot of awesome locals that live here and then also a lot of tourists. But, you know, when you're in the same space, you have to be like reinventing and refreshing a lot more than when you're kind of sticking to like your same thing, but you're in a new audience all the time. 
So that was different. And we also had way more space. So we're like, okay, well, we're not just our own handmade things now. We need to figure out what else we are so that we can fill this store up. And so, you know, that was, that felt, it doesn't feel hard now, but it did at first like, oh, are we like breaking who we are by like having other makers in here, even though that makes sense and it feels aligned. And what about other like small USA made brands? And what about when we want to carry something, but it's not USA made, like how does that fit in? It's like ethically made and, or small maker made or you know, something like that. And, and so it's just weaving all those new ideas. And then, you know, it's like right now we're sort of at this other crossroads, like who are we now that we're not a store that can be open, you know? So it's thinking creative and like pushing our online, which is something that I needed to do for a long time. But now it's like a good reason to like, okay, and I need to understand a little bit more about what things I can be doing. And, you know, there's luckily for Instagram, there's just these amazing people out there that you can ask a question and you'll get an answer. And so I put it out there that I needed some help from gurus about how to direct traffic to our our online because it's not as big as our store business. and, And now we need to you know, figure out what different revenue streams we're, we're going to be operating with. Um, and this gal from IdeaCraft, Evelina, from my SBA class reached out. And also um, this other gal, Daniela, and the two of them both gave me at least an hour of their time and gave me such incredible incredible information um I've also tapped into my sister-in-law Jess from Second Mile Marketing and all these women um are just so generous with their knowledge and their expertise and just sharing things that really have helped me so much um I know Evelina and, and Chris our partner um at IdeaCraft um just went through our website and just sort of showed me where our strengths and our weaknesses are and she said you know you seem kind of like a timid timid seller and I'm like I am I so am like I just like to make Blaine and I are both like this we like to make beautiful things and have people sit in the space you know and my our greatest compliment when people come in is they're like oh I just want to live here and we're like, oh, that's awesome. But we're not like the hard sellers that are like, oh, let me tell you about this thing and why it's so cool. But I'm realizing now, like, it's not because, I guess I guess it is because I'm a little bit shy about that. But I realize that people want to know the story. The story is so important. So I have to share that online in the same way that I do in person. Um, so that was really eye-opening for me. And I wouldn't have had that experience had this pandemic not happened. So I feel like as much as it is really hard and things, I, I think we'll all look back on this time and think about like, wow, like what did we start during this time? What's, what did we have to start? You know, what, like how do we get creative? And I really do think that it's in these kind of crazy moments that really cool things are born. Um, So I guess that's my little story about starting. Um, It's always just turning rocks over and seeing what's under them. And a lot of times when you start things, it feels really vulnerable. Um, We've started plenty of things that weren't maybe just not at the right time. So 
they didn't take off in the way we thought or we didn't have enough energy to to make them take off or you know our priorities are just different um especially I think now having a child like he's almost three now so things are actually a little bit easier and we can you know we can have a little bit more energy and, and time and attention to be directed towards our two businesses but you know a year or two ago it's definitely like Hawks like really needs a lot of a lot of you and and that's where I wanted to put my my time and energy um and you know I guess that's I guess that's it you just got to see where you are what you want what you don't want write it all down and then start manifesting and and you'll start making it happen So I guess that concludes my second podcast. I'm calling it Maker Made. Um, Let me know if there's anything you want to hear about. Um, I hope this feels helpful and maybe a little inspiring. I know I'm always inspired hearing other people's stories. So um, I hope we can give you a little bit of that during this time. And, And I'm hoping that I'll get Blaine on this next one. So more to come. Thanks so much. Have a good night.